This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we're talking to yet a new partner we haven't talked to yet, the American Association of State Troopers. And I have their executive director, John Bagnardi. John, welcome to the Amphicast. Thank you, Ian. Uh, American Association of State Troopers. Uh, I know we want to talk a little bit about some of the activities that you have going on, but I'm not sure many of our listeners know about AAST. I don't know if you pronounce it AST or just AAST. You tell me. Um, but we, tell, we, tell we, me tried to stick with, we tried to stick with AAST just so that we're not called something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be very good with your pronunciation to make sure uh, that T at the end comes out, right? <laughs> so, John, I know, you know, before the association, you have a long history in law enforcement, I believe nearly, you know, almost four decades with the Florida Highway Patrol. Uh, yes, sir. And then you went from there to um, be part of AAST. Tell, tell us about AAST, its history and what you focus on. Yes, uh, AAST is a benevolent association. We don't do the same function as many of the state police bargaining units. We don't represent troopers in discipline cases or legal representation. We are truly benevolent in nature. So if a trooper is experiencing uh, some serious illness or injury or family emergency, uh, we try to reach out to assist that trooper, no matter where they are in the country. Um, As you know, many uh, experience, just like any other citizen, natural disasters. And uh, we try to reach out at that time, too, if they experience damage to their home, Um, vehicles, uh, that type of loss. One of the big things that our association does, we actually have a foundation which provides higher educational scholarships for troopers dependents that are members. Um, Our membership is not real, real expensive. It's $35 a year. And so uh, we try to keep it very reasonable. Most troopers don't make a ton of money. Um, But our Foundation provides these educational scholarships, and we raise money through telemarketing, through um, corporate sponsorships, and uh, our website has all that information on it. We try to be an open book because we know all the scams that are out there, and um, so we raise our funds um, that way, really from the support of our our, our supporters that uh like to contribute and we use it, we think in a very worthwhile manner. What, how many members do you have these days? Uh, we have over 3000 members. Um, of course we would like that to be higher because, uh, mm-hmm. I think for the $35 a year, we have, um, some pretty good benefits. We have a, uh, wellness benefit. And, and I always pitch this to, to troopers and I say, hey, this is trooper math. You give me $35 a year for a membership and I'm going to give you $100 a year 
back towards your paid gym membership because of course health and fitness is a very important factor in, in law enforcement and so we're encouraging those troopers to to stay fit and if they've got to pay out of pocket for for that we we found that uh, this was a, a a nice way to give back now we've uh, been partnering with you for a little while on one thing that's very specific, and it leads into something I want to ask you about, which is you have been very generously helping us out with some images for our website. On our law enforcement page, we've got kind of our, on a rotational basis, different images, particularly of uh, patrol cruisers. Uh, and you've been helping us out with that since our new website was launched, and I know you've agreed to keep doing it. And that's because you have a pretty good program that gives you a, a good reason to collect pictures of cruisers, which is your best looking cruiser contest. Yes. Um, 10 years ago, we started America's best looking cruiser contest for state police agency. We're obviously the American association of state troopers mm -hmm. not to take anything against the gray looking cruisers from city and county agencies, but we're a trooper organization. And so we started it out really as a fun event. You know, we were trying to promote, we're, we're very particular about our cars throughout the yes. country. And, and there's a lot of rich history and tradition behind uh, the, the cars from the different state agencies. Uh, we deal with traffic safety, so it's motor vehicles. Uh, you know, troopers are, you know, everywhere that you drive on the highway. So it's uh, naturally hand in hand. And we felt that pr promoting them through a calendar would be a neat idea. So we said, well, how do we pick the ones to put on the calendar? So what we did is we created uh, America's Best Looking Cruiser Calendar contest. And we started basically on social media and says, uh, we, we, of course, offer every state. Every state has a state police agency with the exception of Hawaii does not have a state mm -hmm. police agency. So we invited all of them to submit a photo and uh, you know in the beginning it was a pretty standard photo but um, if you watched any of the contest or participated in the contest this year um, states have been uh, really creative with their photos uh, um, to let the cat out of the bag florida was the winner this year and it had alligator Ooh. in front of the patrol car so um, <laughs> you know it's uh it's really interesting what the states have done, and it really just turned into a wonderful opportunity for, for all involved. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you call it a best-looking cruiser, but it, it's really an opportunity to have a conversation that's more than just, say, the, the design of the vehicle. It's about everything that that vehicle does and the, the role that the vehicle plays in a, a state trooper's responsibilities. Um, one, you know, would the um involvement we wanted to involve the public um we we love you know there's a stereotype out there that we don't interact with the public and and, and we like to interact with the public and this was a, a way of doing that it's a way to promote the vehicle and just like you said that vehicle is is basically a trooper's office um for the you know they spend at least eight hours a day in in that car uh, a lot of times longer if you're on details, even longer than that. But um, the equipment and the tools that are necessary to do today's law enforcement work 
are so vitally important to each and every officer. And um, these these cars are equipped with cages and gun racks and computers and extra heavy duty alternators and air conditioners and you know all the while um, again carrying the rich tradition from each and every state and the the um, particulars of a, a unique particulars of a state um, and if you looked at some of the pictures you would see that they they go hand in hand with the um, some of the uh, beauty that's across our country. But um, again, getting back to um, your comment about all the other things that go along with that cruiser, one of the biggest things is traffic safety. Um, I don't know about you, but when I drive down the road and I see a marked state police vehicle uh, monitoring traffic, uh, I tend to drive a little bit better. Um, and that is a very huge um opportunity to get people to know their state police agencies and if you're pushing the envelope a little bit maybe you know pull the reins back and say hey man i, I need to pay attention because uh, we did have more than forty-two thousand people die on america's yeah. highways last year so um, just like having this conversation with you um, we love our partners and everybody yeah. is working towards the same goal um, to be innovative, to use whatever tools are at our disposal to to make it better for everybody. Yeah. So when you think about those tools and some of the features that are in the vehicles, I'm particularly interested in someone like yourself who, you know, started in the, the 80s in, in your career. And as you've seen the evolution of these vehicles over that time, how would you tell that that story? Does it is it uh, a major jump? Is it incremental jump? Is it surprising to you what's available to troopers now that maybe you didn't have during the you know the prime of your career in a vehicle? Paint paint that picture for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You hit the you hit a nail on the head um, when we talk about the technology and the tools and the safety of the vehicles. Um, I can remember the first car that I got in. You know, was kind of one maybe that we can all imagine growing up in if you if you know you have any age on you um mm -hmm. but you know you got in the car and there was a seat there was a seat belt and there was a, a steering wheel and there was a gear shift you know and that was about it everything was kind of square and plain in it and if you hit something you really knew you hit something because um, there was not a lot of the safety features that we have today. Um, cars weren't built to withstand 60, 70, 80 mile an hour crashes where you can actually walk away um, utilizing all the airbag technology and seatbelt technology and smart systems that are in cars. And um, like I've said, you know, troopers patrol many, many thousands of miles in every single state throughout our country. And a lot of high risk driving. And so if you do have a situation where you're in a crash, the, the safety features that are in that vehicle um, are very helpful. Um, you know, I, I had a, had crashes, you know, doing my job uh, way back and believe me, you felt it. And in today's cars, I haven't had knock on wood um, a bad crash in today's technology, but I've seen the damage from uh, officers involved in crashes 
and you just look at them and you go, how did they walk away? And they're walking and talking and fine. Because so has that changed that? Is it changed the the idea that the, the it's safer for them? Uh, there are tools in there that maybe folks like yourselves didn't have access to. Has it changed the way the trooper does their job? Has it changed their decision to interact with someone at roadside? And then I think probably more applicably, has it changed the philosophy of pursuits in any way? Does the idea of a pursuit, of a high-speed pursuit, has the philosophy at all shifted over the time as the vehicle has changed? I think somewhat. Um, there's, there's a liability, and that's a, a very loaded question with pursuits because they're, they're, they're very unique and dynamic um, vehicle pursuits. But if I were to be in a vehicle pursuit, I would feel much more comfortable in today's patrol car with the, um, all the power systems that are in the car, the safety features, than I would 40 years ago when I started. Um, the traffic uh, is very heavy almost everywhere you go. So, you know, there's more traffic that's around you. So the vehicles today handle better than cars of, of yesteryears. Um, but like you say, the tools that all these vehicles have do make your job easier. Um, we didn't have computer, you know, when I started, there wasn't, we didn't, there was no such thing as a computer. There was no such thing as a cell phone. Um, the radio was, was not far stretched from a, a string in a tin can. Um, if somebody heard you, you know, um, today's, uh, uh, radios and cell phones and, and all the technology that's in these cars do make the job safer, um, for law enforcement officers everywhere. Yeah. And where, where do you see technology going next? We know we're looking at vehicle technology of all sorts, uh, electric vehicles, uh, vehicles with more self-driving features and automated functions. How do you see some of that and other vehicle technology playing into the future of the cruiser? Um, I, there are agencies, of course, already dealing with uh, electric vehicles. They're already uh, trying to implement those. And, and I don't know of any state agencies that are using for electric for everyday use. They may they may have, but I'm not aware of any, but I know that they've started purchasing electric vehicles, maybe for command staff that may not be out there on the uh, beaten path of the line officer. Um, you know, that's a very good question of, as to what direction it's going to go in law enforcement. Is it going to be feasible to have a fully electric vehicle out there on patrol or do you go a, a hybrid? Um, you know, uh, I would imagine some of these uh, states that are out west that have just huge swaths of land to, to patrol, you know, mm -hmm. it may be a huge cost savings if, if you can have a vehicle that, um, you know, you don't have to burn as much gas in the cost savings there, mm -hmm. uh, not to mention the, the saving on the environment. Um, but uh, where it's going to go, it's, it's a good question. Do we, do, do we have um, pop-up videos? Do we have pop-up uh, cameras to watch all around while you're on a traffic stop? You know, I mean, that would be ideal. Uh, uh, my, myself and my, uh, when I retired, I was the assistant chief technology officer. And my boss and I, we used to always talk, you know, it'd be great that when you do a traffic stop, a drone pops out of your trunk 
or from the top of your vehicle and sits above mm -hmm. and watches everything that's going on on your traffic stop. And maybe you're wearing a pair of glasses where you get to see everything that's going on. Cause you know, when wow. you're on a traffic stop, you're sitting there looking at the driver's hands or them getting their driver's license out, but I can't see what's going on on the other side of the car or in the back of the car, maybe if they have tinted windows and, you know, ideally, I don't know about you, but it'd be great to have an overview and alert systems, maybe to movement and things like that. Um, similar to when you back up in your car and yep. you have an alert, if there's somebody behind you, um, you know, do you know, that technology now where, where if you're sitting and somebody approaches your car, do you have alarms going off? Right. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I mean, we, we unfortunately see too many ambushes. You're just sitting there doing paperwork or something like that. And officers are getting ambushed, you know, it's uh, yeah. very tragic. Um, but is there, is there technology, technology out there that can stop that? Right. And, you know, another, you know, use of that when you talk about the drone, one of the first things that went to my mind is being able to see oncoming traffic further out than the human eye can see. If there is something that maybe, you know, that we see all too often as well, where, you know, you got a, enforcement at roadside, that then there's that secondary event of that person coming too fast, gets too close to that shoulder, and it ends all too tragically. Absolutely. I mean, that's, um, I would say, honestly, um, our fear as troopers is we are more fearful of getting hit on the side of the road than we are being shot. Um, because, you know, officers are getting hit on the side of the road, like, you know, like never before. Um, that's the downside of technology yeah. and, 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 um, uh, composition of vehicles is geez, when we grew up and we were driving 80 miles an hour in a car, it sounded like, you know, uh, a jet taking off. It was now, not a comfortable thing to do. You didn't necessarily want to do it. For right. Too long. So now you drive 80 miles an hour with your windows up and you don't hear a sound. Um, big difference, you know, and then all of a sudden at that speed, when you approach, like you said, an officer stop and then there's any panic or driver uh, inattentiveness or, or anything, next thing you know, you have a collision. And so that's, a, you know, it relates to another program that I read a little bit about that you're involved with. And I think it's supportive of, we've thankfully seen strong movement across many states for move over laws. And I think that has generally gone in a very positive direction. And you guys help promote something called the safety arrow. Yes, we, we will partner with any, any entity that is looking to improve traffic safety and definitely um, protection and safety for our troopers. And, um, you know, move over law is, is in all the states. Um, some states are better than others, uh, you know, about enforcing it or, or the public being mindful of it. Um, but it's, it's hugely important, um, not just for law enforcement, but for our EMS providers, emergency services, our, our tow trucks, and just the general public that might be on the side of the road, broken down, having an emergency that, you know, folks, uh, slow down and move away from them and give them an opportunity to, to, to get into safety. So, you know, I was looking at the, the cruiser contest and I was taking a look at the, the picture with the alligator, which, it, as you mentioned, it's a real life alligator for one. It's not a hose piece of plastic, as I understand it. 
Um, I've not watched the video, but apparently there's a behind the scenes video about how Florida pulled that off. There is. Um, and not just us. I, I don't want to just um, congratulate Florida. Um, but yes, it was at Gatorland in Florida. They actually uh, posted and were one of the uh, entities oh, that helped promote it. Okay. But they uh, they were the ones uh, that that handled the gator, if you will. It wasn't us. <laughs> um, but there's some of the other states. Uh, one, uh, uh, one state, Kansas, uh, had a picture with their car with uh, buffalo. And it was taken in a herd of buffalo that was on a retired captain from the Kansas Highway Patrol's ranch. So they were a real buffalo. They're not, uh, they're not props. Uh, there was another one of a canine unit jumping in between two p- patrol cars that was uh, pretty unique. So, um, yeah, uh, they, they, they were pretty creative. And, uh, yeah. So if folks want to see these pictures, John, where, where can listeners go to see more of these the, the photos? Do you have to get one of the calendars or do you have all the photos on your website? We do have all the photos. Our webmaster just got them all put up. But they are on a rolling marquee on the face, on the face uh, landing page of our uh, website. Sorry, um, www.statetroopers.org, and they are on the face of uh, landing page of our website. Nice, nice. Are, are we seeing, generally speaking, a particular vehicle that? has become the predominant use of the cruisers or are we seeing more diversity in terms of what agencies are, are using for their cruisers? Um, I think it's, it's been a little bit of a change. It went from the traditional, I I think the lion's share was the Ford crown Victoria. And then when Mm -hmm. Ford stopped the Ford crown Victoria, um, vehicles started getting smaller. And uh, as we've already spoken, the law enforcement officers carry a lot of equipment in these vehicles. So then the Chevy Tahoe started coming into the picture as a primary patrol vehicle. And then you had highway patrols like Florida who, uh, you know, did Mustangs back in the day. Many, many States did Mustangs, but Florida did a lot of them. They had Camaros, um, which weren't really comfortable. They're pretty low to the ground. Um, then it transitioned to the Dodge charger and the Dodge charger really took the market because Ford quit making the crown Victoria. So the Dodge charger became a a real strong, uh, mainstay in, in police fleets because agencies generally look for pursuit rated vehicles and the Michigan state police do testing of vehicles. And I believe, uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's office or the LAPD, one of the agencies out there also does it, but many of the States, we look to the Michigan state police driving unit that test, um, SUVs, trucks, cars, and motorcycles, and they will do a pretty comprehensive report. You can actually go on their Michigan state police website and they'll, they'll have a section on their driving unit. And many states look to that report to see what patrol cars they're going to buy. And there's, there's numerous to choose from. And then it comes down to cost. Um, You know, that's a big factor. If I can buy 
you know, one SUV, but three patrol cars, and, and I have a fleet of 2000, you know, it may come down to the SUV being, you know, too cost, uh, too costly. I need three cars, um, you know, becomes a budget. Um, but uh, I think SUVs are, are uh, coming back uh, to the fold of police work because you see the Ford police interceptor utility vehicle that is making, that's the small SUV um, that is coming back and uh, agencies still like the Chevy Tahoe, Dodge Durangos are starting to integrate into fleets. I've uh, seen some of those out West um, mm -hmm. and Mustangs and Challengers. Um, not as many Mustangs and Challengers as, as you see um, the small Ford SUVs. Mm -hmm. So I guess overall, though, compared to maybe 20, 30 years ago, where it was all Crown Vicks everywhere, we're seeing a much more of a mixed fleet as, you know, agencies are figuring out the different best fits and uses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I know we can find the pictures on the website, but the calendar itself, if someone wants one of these calendars with the third, I think it was the 13 finalists are in the calendar. Yes. Is that it, something that, can you order that on your website? Is that part of your fundraising to, to help? those in need? Sure can. Um, and you are exactly right. Um, we have our link up where that uh, you can pre-order them now and uh, they will be probably delivered around October 1st and then we'll have them for delivery uh, starting around October, but you can pre-order them on our website. There's a link on there that you can do everything right on there. And then of course, you're always welcome to call the office. We have some super couple super ladies in here that run the office and they'll be more than happy to take it if you're not computer savvy. Um, and as you mentioned, all proceeds uh, from that calendar go to our foundation. Excellent. Well, John, I appreciate you spending some time chatting about the association and the contest today. Uh, especially appreciate the partnership and your willingness to share those photos with us so we can use them on our website as a, another way to showcase uh, the great work of all of these law enforcement agencies uh, throughout the U.S. and the, the trooper agencies. So uh, really appreciate you spending time with us and getting to learn a little bit more about what, what you all are doing. Thank you very much. It's, it's, a, it's my honor to, to, to come on here and partner uh, with really for folks that are, we, we all have the same mission. You know, we were trying Absolutely. to we're trying to get out there, support our law enforcement, which in turn provides better traffic safety and a safer environment for all our citizens. All about saving lives in the end and keeping people safe. Yes, sir. Great. Thank you all for listening this week. As always, thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. For next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast. Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 